I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg on the 24th day of July this Sunday morning. We thank you, thank you, thank you for making us a part of your uh, Sunday mornings and Saturdays too from yesterday. We forgot to say that, so we'll throw that out there. Yep. We say to you, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a special good morning to you fine folks in Avondale Estates. Avondale Estates. Avondale Estates. Yeah. Wonderful people. Wonderful folks. Probably out there. lots of Billy Joel fans out there. Think so. I'd just like to have that dude's catalog. Ooh. Talk about Springsteen selling his catalog, yeah, five hundred million. His wouldn't go for that much. Well, then again, Hell, I don't yeah, know, man, yeah, because it would go for whatever somebody's gonna pay, right? Right. So, yeah, that's I. I think one of the more underrated music catalogs is is Billy Joel. Billy Joel, yeah. And the 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 the. the but the not if you take a moment. It. If you not if you take a moment to think. If you take a moment to think. And look back at it for those yeah, not old yeah. enough to remember when they he, when they yeah. came out. Yeah. Oh, this oh dude, he goodness. ain't got to worry about nothing for nobody. No. He, he take, no and no, I'm no, surprised no. he's never done a residency. I mean, he's such a New York or East Coast yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yes, he don't yes, want to go that. live in Vegas for a minute. Yeah. But that's he could he could stay out there forever. Yep. That was one we missed. We didn't want to go up there. I know Tracy wanted to go to it too. It was Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack out there doing. I think they were just doing weekends, and I don't really? know if they're still doing it, but. Or yeah. A lot of people to talk about it. A lot of people go out there. That's that's that's, that's the show they the show they look for. Um, top of the hour. Some of the things that we had. Uh, if you're just joining us, Sam and I, we have uh, we got educated as far as the need for high school officials. We heard a new term we never heard before. The GFOA. What does that stand for, by the way? GF Georgia Football Officials Association. Okay, so make sure. Yeah. I was looking at something else here, and I thought it might be. I want to make sure I get it right. Anyway, their closet. They have a closet. You wouldn't think they'd have a closet. But they have a closet. For those of you who are thinking of joining them and you don't have the means to get the wardrobe. Or or, or, or just equipment which yeah. that you would need. Because right now, if you're coming in now, you, 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 you're on the clock. You're less than a month before games start. And you so, got to get tested, too. Absolutely. Right? So I mean, not tested that. like COVID. You, you have to... They have to find out how much you know about football and, and officiating and, that, and, and all of that. And that's the thing. You, you remind people that, you know, everybody that's an official is not set to officiate playoffs. You know, you, you, you have different tests to be at that level for a playoff. You can do regular season. Um, and that's the other part because once you get to the playoffs, the pool of officials for that kind of shrinks because Shrink. not everybody's going through that certification. And everything that we, we talked about, and I'm sorry, we're going to get into this NASCAR thing in a second, but this is what, what stayed in my mind when Eric was talking about it and, and Spencer was talking about testing officials. Well, football, 
cool, all right? And there's going to be some subjective calls. But how do you grade somebody as you're bringing them into the sport, like doing baseball and a home plate umpire, how do you test them on the strike zone? How they call a strike zone, I guess is what I should say. Yeah. That's one of those because a strike zone is is, is supposed to be this, but it, we now know it's subjective depending on the person who's making the calls, how tall they are, how wide they are, whatever it is, or how big the catcher is too, the position for 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 uh, for where the umpire is. I'm, I'm just curious about that. Eric, you want to jump in here and address that? I can't see because the sun's coming in. I'm going to put this down. But go ahead. Uh, you're talking about whether you get graded on your consistency or what you figure is a good zone or a bad zone. Because what they tell you is – and every coach, and you played baseball, Greg, so you know this. A coach will say, look, your zone is your zone. As long as you're consistent, my pitcher will adjust. You know, and when you sit down with the catcher, and the catcher's and the umpires, you know how they – that remember that podcast you said they had how to talk to umpires? Right. The catcher and the umpire are talking consistently. Absolutely. Okay? I understand that. And they're saying, Blue – where is this? Is this where you're going to call it all night? And you say, hey, that's it right there. If he lives there, he'll get this all night. Now, we know that that's not the case on the major league level. But oh, I guarantee you it's the case on the major no, league No, no, I'm saying they do talk, yeah. but there are umpires that we blatantly know that aggravate you-know-what out of catches. Right. Because they don't, starting with Angel Hernandez. Yes. Okay? So I'm asking when you're just getting started, you don't mm-hmm. have the you, – you can't afford to be cavalier right. in your strike well, zone. Well, that is where the camp – really becomes essential because they put you with the pitching machine and they can set the pitching machine to put the ball anywhere they want it. And I've been told by young umpires and veteran umpires, you need to see anywhere from two to 3,000 pitches before you will really get comfortable in your zone. And that takes probably two or three years. That's why, and that's why I was telling you with these young officials, it's going to be a year before you get to the big boys. Even with baseball, they actually will start you with junior varsity and your first varsity games will be the smaller schools. It's going to be a minute before you get to see Wesleyan versus Buford. Well, the school's got nothing to do with it. It's the, well, it's the, it's the, the game itself. But the competition, the competition level could be better, and, the, but and, the, and the, the level of the athletes get better when you get to the bigger schools. I get that, but a strike zone is a strike zone is a strike zone, right? It's a strike zone. We're not talking. It doesn't change from what division you're at or what school oh, I, you're I, you're you're up in a game at. Absolutely. And that's, my, does. that's that was what I was really reaching for. Is at least as you said, it takes a couple of years to get to those next levels. But you got to have some semblance of a consistent strike zone. Like I said, as well, opposed to an Angel Hernandez or some of the others that we you know, Cowboy Joe West. Okay, I'm a, I'm gonna pose oh. this example to you. Okay, uh, you want to stay with baseball? If you're calling the lower levels. You're going to have pitchers that top out in the 70-mile-per-hour zone. It's much easier to judge a strike at 75 than it is at 93. When you get to those big kids, those kids that are being looked at by Division One and the majors, right. they're pumping it in there to mid-90s. Right. Yeah. If you don't already know how quickly to pick up the ball, I once, when I was first got to the big level, I had a kid bring the mid-90s. I'll guarantee you it was a strike that everybody knew. I missed it. The umpire, the, the, the coach, and it was the funniest thing I had ever heard. Wow! He coach goes, he must have blinked. <laughs> well, as you said, they get distracted too, right? And 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 then the one coach jumped. You need me to slow it down for you? <laughs> because yes, it, it it's a gradual progression. And when you got a kid that's pumping it in in the mid nineties, and you haven't seen that okay, yet, okay. Well, that makes sense to me. That when you say it like that, yeah. If you, if you low levels, you get them in seventy, and you're gonna get up to the nineties. Okay. All right. 
You know, same thing you with got the, me on that one. a double. If you're in football and you got a a, a junior level kid who's only running a four five, and then you get to the big kids who's running the four two. That difference makes a big deal with how quickly you recognize the game. You know how they say the game slows down? Same thing for the official. The game slows down for you with your reads and your recognitions, and, it, and you become a better official. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, that. Eric Slaughter. We, as you can see, we were talking refereeing earlier because Spencer Smith was on here, again, letting our audience know, as we do weekly, letting you know about job opportunities within the community. And, and whether it's casting call, whether it's officials, whatever it may be, we're going to continue to do that. Frontline workers, which mm-hmm. we, we, you know, our want ad segment. Yep. So, anyway, we're going to continue doing that. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Any kind of tennis fan, you know the Atlanta Open is here. We're going to have Eddie Gonzalez join us in the next segment talking about that, talking about Kids Day and just the overall event that they put on in its first class every year. Outstanding. Outstanding. Should be was over there yesterday going to. Uh, go tonight, check out Coco Golf, and we'll talk with them about that in just a few minutes. With her wind-blown hair from riding a – I don't even know the name of the roller coasters out there no more. They still got the Goliath. They still got that out there. The Six Flags. Six Flags, yeah. I don't know. I think they still got Scream Machine. <laughs> the, wooden, yeah, the, wooden, the, wooden one, one. the wooden one, man. It's still there from back in the day. We had a promotion on that thing, and I think pretty much every radio station in this city did this. But years ago, we did a promotion. We gave away a Jeep Wrangler, and the Jeep Wrangler was there, and there were so many people that, you know – filled out entry forms, and they got to go and stand and put one hand on the Jeep. And whoever got was there last with their hand on it, days, I'm talking, yeah. got to keep the Jeep. Yeah. Same thing. And then, and, and then the following week we did one with the screen machine where you rode the roller coaster round the clock, and the last person to last on it got some kind of crazy prize. But it was people riding the screen machine over and over and over and over <laughs> again. And little by little, people kind of fell by the wayside, not literally, but whoever the last person was on there, they got a big prize. And it was just riding the screen machine. Ride that thing twice and see how your behind feels. <laughs> <laughs> Think about doing that for like eight hours. And then Oof. you got bathroom breaks, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Gosh. <laughs> uh, speaking of rides, speaking of rides, um, they're going to be going uh, around at Pocono today. Stock cars are racing up there. This week, Denny Hamlin's on the pole, and you know uh, Adam Alexander from FS1 uh, joined us yesterday morning. Of course, his show airs today at twelve thirty, race day uh, on, on FS1, and we talked about how the Toyotas all of a sudden got something figured out. You know, last week and looking at the qualifying this week, they're back again this week. Um, you got Denny Hamlin in the first spot, and on the front row is Kyle Busch, still trying to figure out why they won't give this guy a deal, uh, why Kyle Busch didn't get in his contract or whatnot, and. I don't think he's going to leave Joe Gibbs racing. You know, he, you know, he's got a great situation there, I think, with Coach Gibbs. But um, people want to know when that deal gets done. I know he's got a new sponsor. M&M's has been one of the biggest sponsors for his car. I think this is their final year on that car. Ah, so maybe that's, that's something, something to do. Plus, he pops off a lot, too. Maybe he well, said something but, to somebody. But, but, but he kind of he can't relishes that role. When, when, he, when he wins the race. But not when he's trying to get re-signed. You well, don't no, want to say nothing to no, you know, but, Joe Gibbs. But, that's uh, a Christian man right there. Well, he's not going to do He don't mess with, 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 with Coach now. But, I mean, some, somebody else in the organization, I, I don't know. Chase Elliott, of course, who is your points leader, is qualified third for this race. And Kyle Larson, so you're going to have the, the Chevys holding down the second row. But once again... You know, the 23 car, we talked about, you know, the new new driver coming in and what that does for that team. And once again, Bubba Wallace has had a top 10 qualified. He's qualified mm-hmm. seventh for this race. He qualified 
fourth last week, finished third. He qualified seven. This is after driving through the streets of Chicago uh, this week in his car. And I was like, probably, I think I told you the last time they heard a car make that much noise right through the streets Elwood, of Chicago. Elwood and Jake. Yeah, it was all the, they wrecked all the police cars at the Blues Brothers. <laughs> 108. 108? 108. That's just one of those little stats that stay with it because it permeated throughout Chicago. Yeah. How many, yeah. How many of them cars did y'all wreck? 108. 108. Yeah. Did, did Up and down that, the state. And then, and then destroyed a mall that had been closed. Forever, really? That mall they went. Remember yeah. you talked about yeah. was it not Greenbrier? What was the one that you worked at? But then they closed, but they reopened it. Was it no, one of those? No, no. I, well, I worked at Greenbrier. Greenbrier ain't even been closed. They, they still what was the one that was outside there that closed? I thought you would mention that. Well, anyway, this mall oh, no. had closed. Okay, it was it was just sitting there, and they came in, filled it up, and just destroyed everything. <laughs> It was beautiful. And, again, it was one of those things that if you grew up there, you knew what was going on because he didn't have many movies filmed in Chicago. Okay. Not many. Yeah. And when they did, they were just in for a day or so um, and then left. Like the one that you wanted to see, and, of course, he wasn't in it, but it's the movie Bullet. I think it's Bullet. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. I wouldn't even remember what was going on down there then. But he drove that mob. Fabulous chasing. Yeah. That, well, that was through San Francisco. Yeah. But there was one where he drove a car, a car drove out of Marina Towers into the river. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was one of those where, man, filmed some of the uh, Ali movie okay. there. Okay. Um, not the one with Will Smith, the one back in the day when he was actually in it. Okay. Uh, that was that was there. So not many movies. But Jane Byrne took over as mayor and – there was no bigger star in America at that point than John Belushi coming off of Animal House and, and the, him and Aykroyd coming off Saturday Night Live, and they gave him the run of the city. And when they did, and they pulled those musicians, had all performed on Saturday Night Live. So they already had James Brown and Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin's number and, and, and got them to come back and be a part of that. Mm, mm, wow. Mm. That's wow. That's wow. So th- but and we mentioned that because we, do, we found out this week that NASCAR is going to do a street race on the streets. Of downtown Chicago and uh, the pits is what's what's got to be great. The visual of that you haven't been there, but think about the pits right in front of Buckingham Fountain. Is that where the pits are going to be? That's where the pit. I thought that's start and finish line. That's well, the pits are going to be in front of or wherever they put it. You know, not literally right there, but the street in front of Buckingham Fountain. Okay, as you said, it's all downtown Chicago. Right. right. So anyway, everywhere you go, you're going to pass by a landmark of some sort that you've either heard of or seen regularly, especially when they do a Monday night football game up there or do whatever. You know, you'll see these plays. The orb, that okay. big orb. I, you know, I've never seen that. Like, gotten out of the car and seen it. Right. Driven by it because I forgot what year they put it up. I already moved out of the city. But <laughs> we, 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 Sam, listen, Sam and I are already talking about it. We get off the show yesterday. We, we already applied. We're, we're talking about how <laughs> we, we can be there for this thing. We want to be there for I it. have made some calls already trying to get one of my best friend's ki- kids to be some kind of a spotter or, or get because they're going to be looking for young folks. And he and his son follow a lot of F1 stuff. And you know them folks all know each other. Oh, yeah. The F1 folks know oh, the Indy yeah. folks. The Indy folks know the NASCAR folks. All of that. And, and we asked Adam yesterday if, if having this street race might be a thing that lures an F1 driver. And he said Trackhouse Racing, that's the pit, 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 that's the uh, racing team that's co-owned by Pitbull, has a car. They're going to mm-hmm. have a third night. Like, won't race a full schedule, but they're just going to have a car with a seat. You know, who can they get to come over and drive it? You might be surprised. Yes or no. We have a lot of hills in this area, 
And of course, you nah, know, it, it, and that come, be, no, I'm not, be, come, I'm not saying Atlanta because we got Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it wouldn't work here because of the heels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But is there another city in the southeast region, a big city that you can think of that might lure NASCAR for a, for, for a road for race? A, a road race? Yeah. I'll think about that. Let me get back. I don't know, somewhere like Jacksonville might be flat enough to do it. Uh, Birmingham, maybe. What's they got know? in Orlando? Um, Wow, there's so much traffic down there anyway. No, which, but I'm saying that would off. be the place to land it and get some kind of get some kind of Disney connection. I see that because they're going for the money, right? Right. And that's flat. Eh, just a thought. Yeah, we see. Uh, just a thought. Sam that's and Greg. That's kind of close to Daytona, too, though. Well, it's in the middle of the state. But. Yeah. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Oh, was that the first night? Really? By the white suit? Oh, man. Why you saying like that? You were there the first night. You I was there the first night for the movie. I was there. You were way out here. I didn't know about your movie. I heard the soundtrack. And so I I'd heard the soundtrack and music. I was like, cool, yeah, we'll go check it out. BG's what happened, man. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Thank us for making a part of, of your Sunday morning. Throughout the morning, we have been talking to you about the Atlanta Open, been watching, you know, footage of the kids' day and everything like that, but that's not what's important. As we welcome our guest, Eddie Gonzalez, the uh, tournament director, on the question is, did you see Saturday Night Fever when it first happened, and did you go out and buy the white suit? <laughs> well, you know what? Um, love the movie. Great soundtrack and a uh, great way to start the Sunday morning with you guys. Greg, Sam, good morning. Well, well, well Sam just said he was there the first night. And I was like, well, let's see if Eddie was there. And I think Gene Siskel owned that, that white suit. White suit, right. He bought that, and I don't Never. know what happened to it after he passed. Good morning, man. Hey, listen, it's yeah. here. It's here now. And we talk to people who run events not only at Atlanta Motor Speedway, but other events – um, that happen here throughout the city. All right, and, and we love having you on, but my question is, when did preparation for what we are experiencing and what we'll see over the next few days start for you and your staff, and how confident you are you are once again going to put on an event that the people of Atlanta will remember and, and, and just enjoy yeah. while they're here? What's going on? Well, our, our, our planning for this year started during last year's tournament because everything we do here is temporary. So, uh, you know, unlike our friends at some of the other sporting events in town having permanent facilities, uh, that actually we feel like works in our favor because we can always make changes. And, you know, we've done a couple pretty cool changes this year, adding some new shaded box seats because it's Atlanta in July. And so uh, having some shade and some more um, air-conditioned suites is something that we actually started planning for, you know, last year for this year. But our trucks arrive every year in uh in mid to late june first thing has to go in are the light poles to get those situated and then our stadium build comes in right behind that so all in all it takes about 30 days and then we probably need about half that time on the back end to get out but the, the thing we're most proud of is you're looking at a parking lot an empty parking lot that we turn into a global tennis tournament when you're sitting in it you have no clue that everything is temporary because it's such a a beautiful build and there's not a bad seat sam you go on the website it's amazing yeah this place looks beautiful 
It is simply awesome. I had a chance to get a look at it yesterday, spending time on the waitforit.com hotline with Eddie Gonzalez. He is the tournament director of the Atlanta Open. And you can find him on Twitter. You can find all information about the tournament on Twitter at ATL Open Tennis, at ATL Open Tennis. The big event has started. The qualifying matches rounds have gone on today, yesterday and today. But tonight, uh, the spotlight shines brightly on someone, on not just one, but two folks that we watched grow up here in town, um, and it's just worked out that way. Eddie, talk about tonight. Well, you know, we started this a couple of years ago because I, I feel like the greatest annual sporting event is the U.S. Open, and that's because it's New York City, night matches, people watching, and great male and female professional tennis. And, you know, Atlantic Station, we got great Midtown Skyline views, great restaurants and shops, people watching, and then adding the WTA players gives us great male and female players. And this year... Coco Golf, you know, got to the finals of the French Open, up-and-coming star, uh, spent time in Atlanta before she moved down to Florida. Her father played basketball here at Georgia State. And Taylor Townsend, Taylor Townsend is a WTA pro who's based here in Atlanta and was number one in the world as a junior. A couple of years ago, I had a great run at the U.S. Open, beating Simona Halep. And so we we really build this as, uh, as the Sunday showdown. And, um and sold out once again. But we also then have Coco playing a second night. So she'll be back tomorrow night playing Sophia Kenna, the young American who won the Australian Open in 2020. And so really just an unbelievably great start to our tournament, having Coco play tonight and Monday night. It is big to have her here in town, and everyone's excited about getting out. Now all the tickets gone for the night, you still got – the tickets, the tickets there might, you know, I think we've got, I think we got a handful left, and as you said on the Twitter handle, and then also our website, AtlantaOpenTennis.com. So uh, I know we have some for Monday night, and there's, uh, I think there's a handful left for tonight. So I would encourage your your listeners not to wait if they want to come out. I just want to see curious. I want to see curious. <laughs> I just want to see curious. That's me. I'm not gonna lie to you, and that's what a lot of people are saying, yeah. and and getting out to see that. And he's playing singles and doubles. Uh, here's what yeah, I, I saw him last night, so he's here. He's in a, a great mood. He had a chance to go to the Bahamas <laughs> and relax after you know getting the finals of Wimbledon. And he loves Atlanta. I mean, he you know all the Aussies love Atlanta, and we've got tons of Aussies, uh, tons of Americans. But Nick, uh, Nick is playing doubles with his Aussie buddy Kokonakis, who won they won the Australian Open together. Looks like they're probably going to play Monday night after the. The Coco match, so our Monday night ticket with Coco and Kennan, followed by Kyrgios and Kokonakis uh, on a Monday <laughs> night. And Nick is uh, Nick will make his singles debut on Tuesday night, and he'll be playing a qualifier. So somebody who wins today uh, will then win their way into the tournament. So we'll have Nick Monday night in doubles, and then Nick again Tuesday night in singles, and. And then from there, John will probably play Wednesday night, and uh, we're off and running. So we're excited to have Nick here. He's in great spirits. And, and you're right, Greg, people are anxious to see him because he's polarizing. Absolutely. You either love him or you hate him. You're not sure what he's going to do, but uh, but he's a talent. He is unbelievably talented, and he loves playing here, and we're excited to have him back. 
That is Eddie Gonzalez, uh, tournament director of the Atlanta Open. Joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. We've had the honor of talking to you for a number of years and and talked about the different, like it seems like every year you've added a piece, you've added a piece. Uh, you talked about the, the, the women's match that has happened. Over the, the life of this tournament, how proud are you right now on, uh, in, in 2022 with the growth of this tournament? Well, thank you, Greg. And we do take great pride in, in just building on our momentum from year to year. And, and this year, what I'm most proud of is just the depth of the player field. I mean, we have such a strong uh, relationship with the players, and they talk. They love Atlanta. They love Atlantic Station because here they can stay at the hotel and walk to the practice or grocery store, movie theater, restaurants, where a lot of places – Pretty much all tournaments around the world, they got to get in a, in a car and drive to all those amenities. We have them all right here. And so, you know, we've never had uh, Corda, the young American. He's here for the first time. We've got Jensen Brooksby. We've got Brandon Nakashima back, who uh, was our finalist from last year. And Tiafo's back. And Alex D. Manauer, who won our tournament in 19. So I'm really proud of the player field because then that's what helps um, from a ticket sales perspective. And our ticket sales have been really strong. The fact that we can be back to full capacity this year is uh, something that uh, has bode well for us. And you got a number of players who are coming off strong performances at Wimbledon. And, and I know, you know, let you talk about that a little bit. They have some guys that are coming in that people were just watching you know, a couple of weeks ago, and they come in with a great deal of momentum. That's a big boost for this tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about Brandon Nakashima, our finalist from last year, and since then he's been doing very well. He lost in five sets to Nick Kyrgios, you know, and um, and and then, of course, Nick. I mean, you know, to have Nick um, lose in the finals. But you know what? Atlanta, we're the number one tennis city in the world, and it's because we love tennis, but we also love our doubles. And we've got the Wimbledon doubles champs coming here. I talked about Kokonakis and Kyrgios, who won the Australian, but Matt Ebden and John Peer, or I'm sorry, uh, Purcell from Australia, who just won Wimbledon, they're coming here. So, uh, and we've got about 12 Grand Slam doubles titles represented in our doubles field. So, our Atlanta doubles community is going to love what we have to offer in terms of the doubles draw in that competition as well. I mentioned the college player. We got somebody who's going to give it the old college try this week again, right? Yeah, that's also something we're very proud of. The only tournament in the world that has a dedicated college night. We kind of compare that to the Rocky Balboa of tennis, where a college student athlete got her dream come true and play at night as our feature match. And this year was Georgia Tech's turn. And so Andres Martin, who's from Atlanta and played junior tennis through the USTA Southern and, and Georgia section and districts uh, is going to play Tuesday night. He played number one for Tech this year, made the NCAA. He's a great young man and a great tennis player. And and he's actually, as it turned out, playing Kokonakis. And so uh, that will be the first, uh, that will be the Tuesday night match. And uh, we'll have the pep band and the cheerleaders and Coach Collins out here to do the coin toss. And so it'll be a lot of fun for uh, for college night. Uh, you guys are chomping at the bit. I just want to ask him one, one, <laughs> one quick question because, ahead, ahead. you know, it seems like he, you know, Eddie, you have got this tournament in a, in a really nice situation right now. I don't say the catbird seat, but you are in a really nice situation and you've worked hard to get to where you are right now, but without getting too specific, what's on your wish list you'd like to see happen over the next couple years for this tournament? 
Well, if I had my wish list, would be to have Roger Federer play here one time before he <laughs> retired. Okay. <laughs> so, and it doesn't have to be singles. He loves doubles. Come on here and just play doubles. So that would be a great wish list. And on the female side, we'd love to have Serena play here one time before she, you know, decides to stop playing competitively. So that's kind of at the top of, of my wish list, which I know our Atlanta community will obviously embrace having one or both of those two come here. Well, I'm thinking we start something right now because much like baseball and, and, and some other sports they have, I won't say this derogatorily, but and that's not a word, but an old-timers game, an old-timers night, a, a, a retired league. So if you had a handful of retired players that you could reach out to and have them be a part of it, knowing what Atlanta is to the tennis world, is that something that's actually possibly being discussed um, moving forward? Hey, this this all-time great is retired now. It's yeah. been a couple years. Let's see if they'll come down and have a match with yeah. so-and-so. Not happening? You know, I think there, I think there's still so much more potential for us with the active players on the male and female side. Not that we don't welcome, and we've had Andy Roddick uh, – post-retirement come and play, and he was great. Um, but we feel like there's so many young and up-and-coming players, particularly on the American side. If we can continue to build on that, that's going to help our success for you know for many years to come. Fantastic. Eric, you got something? Yeah, uh, Mr. Gonzalez, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on the event, the Atlanta Open. You and I have never met, but if you've been listening to any of our shows today, we've talked a lot about Georgia high school sports and officiating. I wanted to congratulate you on your son Trey being drafted by the Pirates. And maybe the guys don't know, but like I said, we've never met, but I've actually umpired your son in both high school and at perfect game. So congratulations yeah, to Trey right. being drafted. That's cool. Yep. That's yeah. cool. Well you're you're catching me as a proud papa moment. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> he's at the airport as we speak with my wife. They are flying to Pittsburgh and he gets to take in the game today and then um Tomorrow he'll do his physical. He'll sign his, uh, you know, pro contract, and then uh, then he'll head down to Bradenton to their spring training for a few weeks, and then he'll get assigned uh, to a team from there. But uh, Georgia Tech was great for him. Mount Vernon, Nelson Baseball School, you know all those programs with your umpiring background really helped him get to where he is now and. His dream, like so many kids at his age, is to play at the highest level, and we're honored that the Pirates felt enough of him, and he's he's ready to go. He's jumping at the bit. We had a nice family dinner last night before he's heading out today, and uh, really appreciate you mentioning that, and uh, we'll see where, where his journey goes. You know what's next, though? Right. Once he gets landed, they got to go back up there and find an apartment for him. You got to go up there and spend some more money on him. Even though he's going to be making money, we got to yeah. get him an apartment. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations to you and the yes, family on that. Yes, uh, congratulations. And I know you love. I, I, I know you'd love to be there, but but you you got you got a little, little exactly. Little I can only be one place at one time, but we're dividing and conquering, and we'll have time post tournament to go to Bradenton or wherever he ends up, and uh, that'll be a fun journey for him. Fantastic. Uh, Eddie Gonzalez, thanks so much for the time this morning. Once again, people want to come out. Where do they need to go to get the, get, to get tickets and, and, and get information? Yeah. AtlantaOpenTennis.com. Sam, we look forward to seeing you out there. We'll welcome all your listeners, and we guarantee you'll have a great time. Am I welcome? 
Of course. Oh, okay. Of course, come on sure. out. Yeah. Let me know when you get here and bring Eric. Yeah, and we'll bring okay. his gear. Maybe we'll put him. We'll put Eric in the umpire's chair with his baseball gear on. <laughs> Andy Gonzalez, as always, we thank you for getting up and being part of the show. Thank you. Good thank luck you. With the thank you. Have a good day. All right. All right. Uh, where the money is flying through the air. That is up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Normally, when you hear this, it's Sam and I fussing at each other about something. We, we just turn into George and Wheezy. But I did this for a different reason today. As we as we sit here on this 24th day of July, we lost Sherman Hemsley on this day. Lost him in um, 012. 012. 2012. Yeah. That dance, 2012. He, that dance that he used to do was just. Just will just leave you cracking up. <laughs> he was, had that ability to dance. It man. was the way folks. <laughs> it was the way <laughs> our relatives of that age danced after that, they got full of pot liquor. Yeah, man, that dance. Oh <laughs> and, my and wanted, goodness! And, and wanted to wanted to imitate James Brown crazy legs. Yeah, that's oh what it goodness. was. That 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 dance was unbelievable. But lost, but lost Sherman Hemsley. Not, not just the dance, the walk with the swaying arms. And you see, you saw who stole that and didn't give it, Daddy Ball. When oh. he would show up in places and he was doing that he, walk. He, he, and then it was stolen by Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, Conor McGregor, he does it. He stole it, too. He does it, too. Conor McGregor does his arms a little more, though, but it's definitely got a little George in it. Yeah, that's all, it's all stems from, you know, George Jefferson. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> Sherman Hemsley on his day. We lost somebody else on his day. Just a little baseball trivia thing. Uh, I mentioned. I asked you, I think you know this, Sam, maybe Eric, and again, I'm, it's not to make you feel bad, Tony Clollinger. Who yeah. played for the Braves played back for the in the Braves. day? Mm-hmm. He is known for one thing, one record that will be tough and now probably never be broken. Damn. Tony Clowlinger, you know, Tony Clowlinger hit as a pitcher, hit two grand slams in one game. Wow. Only pitcher to do that. And now with the DH, when is that going to be broken? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. By the same dude in the same game. So, uh, this is normally where I sh- uh, drive you guys to 929thegame.com slash casting call to see the list of job opportunities. Again, all these years later, I just I just want you to know that it's there. Take part in it if you can. And I'm telling you, from week to week, one on a good week, maybe three people. But it seems like weekly, one person is reaching out to me and telling me they made the change. They submitted themselves. They were on set as an extra. I'm going to do what I can to – take some classes and, and get in workshops and then put a demo tape together and get signed where I go out and, and audition for speaking roles. Okay. I hear that regularly. So I'm going to keep doing this, man. Okay. Because this is this is the, this is is like a $100 bill I was walking down the street and, and put my foot on a decade ago. <laughs> and went, Nobody's doing this? Nobody grabbed? I'm going to do this because we have the opportunity to. I do it because I can. Yeah. That's why we had it. So, again, when you go to... And plus, there's just fun stuff to talk about, like this week, okay? Looking for Caucasian males okay. to fill this role. And who else would you get? They need Vikings. Well, there you go. All right? There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Central Casting has a new, um, it's an untitled project film. They need 
Viking types. And this okay. is a featured role. Caucasian men, if you've ever been called a Viking, you get, get your hair cut. You look like a Viking. You know, get that scruffy look. Well, now it can make you some money. 18, 18 to 60 years old. Again, this is going to be a featured role. Now, here's the deal. They need you. They need you fit. Okay. You don't have to look like Chris Helmsley, but you, uh, Helmsworth or whatever, but you gotta you got to be fit. Six feet or taller. Okay. Long hair, long beard, and then they, they <laughs> pinned it with this. The longer, the better. Wow. The longer, the better. Just grow it. So Central Casting, this is the first one. Untitled project, movie project. The project never really matters. It doesn't matter the name of the project. You just want to focus on the role, and they need Caucasian males to portray Vikings. And again, I just think about when I see this sort of thing. You think about on set between shots and like, people walking around in costume. I thought you were saying you think of Vikings. You're thinking about like Carl Eller or something. But go ahead. no, no, I was thinking about being on set. <laughs> Listen, I've been on set where when the star, when they take a break and they have to move cameras around, the stars have three or four people that run up to them. And, you know, for women, they, there's, there's somebody with a bag, and they take the high heel shoes they've been standing in and give them some slippers to put on, nice, comfortable <laughs> shoes. And they, yeah, stand there with, they stand there with a fan to yeah. blow them off, right? Yeah. And then you dab your forehead, give them some cold water. But the extras, not so much. <laughs> okay? So if you just got to be prepared to embrace the role. When you, you, you just mentioned changing shoes. Like you, I had just had a vision of, of, of my grandmama walking to church. Mine, too. She she would have them easy walking walking to or walking out just just, just walking to or walking to because she would become you know some shoes get there and there was always a place where she would stop like about a block away <laughs> and put on the good shoes and put on the real shoes yep okay. you know yeah <laughs> I, I that my mom and she may be doing that right about a little early a little early, a little early. it's it's the Get me out of here so I can get these shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know how everybody sits around and talks and yeah. shakes. And you have older brothers and sisters. I do. Okay. Do you remember the first time you heard what you thought as a younger sibling, your brother or sister talking back to your mother or father in a way that you went, oh, "I can't believe." It. Well, not the first time, but I remember instances. Yes, I never forget along these same lines. My sister giving my mother. And, and Miss Norrington and, and the, the two women they walked to church with some grief and telling them, y'all need to buy some shoes because y'all look like you you look like y'all baking bread in them shoes. Hey. And that's what she was, meaning they were a little tight you on them. and the, that, you don't do oh, that. Oh, crust yeah. With the, oh, okay. yeah. And she said that. Analogy. She said that to them. And, of course, you know. Did she wear the shoe? Part, oh, yeah, my mother, she didn't buy it. She, she kept no, I'm, shoes. I'm talking about did your sister wear the shoe in the place of her no, body? No, 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 that no, she no, no. It was, it, was, it was as I grew up and learned a little bit more, because my sister was like seven, eight years older than me. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a girl thing. Oh, it was a running joke? It was a girl thing that, you know, she's always complaining to the older folks, y'all, y'all keep shoes too long. Look like you baking bread in them shoes. Oh, wow. With the brown tie, you know, brown fit. Oh, so anyway, so she used to say that. It just, I couldn't believe it came out of her mouth. Getting back to this Viking thing, 18 to 60 years <laughs> old, got to be fully vaccinated, but they're not testing as much as they have. I should say that because the, 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 while we may have something coming around the corner right now, it isn't as stringent as it once was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have a pretty good time for that. Anyway, so you got Vikings going on here. Let me scroll down here a little bit. There's a need for couples, all kinds of couples. Extras Cast in Atlanta has got a project where they're looking for all manner of couples. And I just says, enough said. Right, So any kind of couple you can think of, they are looking for that. Also looking for those of you 18 and over who uh, still look like high school students, destination casting. 
a Sunday morning, I'm not saying nothing bad, but I am going to take a deep breath before I say this. Okay. All right, just All to right. keep it. But it's I above noticed. board. They have a project coming up, and it's an untitled film project. Doesn't matter. They need men and women to be strip club patrons. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. I was about to say, where do I sign up? Strip. <laughs> Bikini Island, by the way. <laughs> Bikini, there you go. Uh, we'll get to that, too, in a minute, What a too. morning we're having. Yes, we are. <laughs> Strip club patrons. We saw some as we were driving in this morning. Uh, 21 to 40 years old. Now, I'm going to read what it says right underneath that, too. Okay, what does it say? It says, must be very professional, as the scene will contain partial nudity. So don't come in there acting like you just got paroled. All right, you got to have to be <laughs> okay. So you're going to have to have some. Oh dear, some, just just be professional. But, all right, but, but just the, don't act like you ain't been no place before. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Would the strip club patron scene not have partiality? <laughs> that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, that's the way you talking about. Yeah, oh, that's the yeah. one I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just okay. they're just basically saying just don't act a fool when we you know they they say roll them. They also have a need for, and this is not strip club, they have cl- uh, club goers, okay. 18 to 34 years old, uh, and, and they have must have cool and edgy look for an underground party scene. So that's another one. So again, a, a number of opportunities Casting Taylor made who were looking for creatures last week, looking for law, <laughs> looking for law enforcement this week. Hilton Casting doing uh, Houston, it's her first season, have a number of roles there for you. Uh, fresh faces, 9 to 90 years old. And, of course, anything I mentioned that's looking for folks under 18, you got to have that certificate from the Georgia Department of Labor, which you, I have a link to, and it's one day. you just got to fill out the information. They send you a number. If you got four kids in the house and they want to do it, you got to have four separate numbers. You can't have one for the house. All right, one for the Crenshaws and one for the Clarksons. Can't have that. Every kid, every minor has to have their own. But they could make it easier for you to get to. And of course, you scroll down more. The uh, cameras, the uh, behind the camera jobs, voiceover contacts, things like that. And of course, the list of the casting directors in case you want to follow them between our shows, which you should do anyway. Tuesday afternoon, you're thinking about it. Go to the list cast director. I'm gonna go and check out what uh, CL Casting's got going on, or what uh, cast uh, Bill Marinella Casting's got going on. So there you go. Any questions, greg.clarkson, odyssey.com. And, of course, this is up right now. Get cast with Greg on Twitter. There you go. All right. I was something else I was going to say here while I'm thinking about this. Um, when you walked by here, um, back to the studio, mm-hmm. did you get the ever-present smell of, like, SpaghettiOs? Because it hit me like somebody had SpaghettiOs up here earlier. Mm, no. Okay. And he got me, and then of course you know how my mind works is I'm thinking who eats spaghettios now? That's like a kid's thing, but there are some things that I eat today that I used to eat as a kid. You're not supposed to, but <laughs> yeah. you do. So yeah. I was going to ask you: Is there anything that you still eat or you still crave? Go for it when you can. You know, have no you know, Phyllis ain't looking. Nobody's looking. I'm gonna go have this that you used to eat as a kid: sugary cereal. No, like I don't do cereal. Do period. That, that you know, I think like a honey nut, honey nut Cheerios. But but I mean, the, the kids here is always the Captain Crunch. That was a go to. But you ain't, ain't getting touched, no, you don't kidding me. I ain't touched that stuff in a long time. Okay. <laughs> so you would need a can of SpaghettiOs right now. Let's put in front of you. How about Kraft macaroni and cheese? That's, that's not that's not in a can. No, but I say it had to be in a can. I'm saying stuff you had as a kid. That yeah. was always put in front of you as a kid, right? right. Kraft macaroni is easy yeah, to make. Easy to make. No, you stay I away from that? that. I'll get some of that. Maybe. Yeah. Pop tarts? Nah. Really? I still do a strawberry pop tart. Not much for pop tarts. No sugary or, ones. No, not, not much for pop tarts or hot pockets or any of them things. 
I'm just just you know he fun stuff no more, right? But yeah, he'll yeah, he, he'll eat a trough load of of movie popcorn though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we do that. Bring, <laughs> bring that on. <laughs> he'll, he'll do that all day long. Bring the movie popcorn, please. Uh, you want to hear about some of these folks that are having a birthday? Oh, and again. Uh, speaking of food and things like that, if you weren't listening yesterday, uh, we did our best to help out Chick Fil A, who we now know we all know needs it. Right? They they need some help. <laughs> so now that they have perfected the drive-through, and everybody's taking a page from how they have made that just as smooth as as, as possible to get through there with the two lanes and all that. What they need to do, just one little minor fix, is put the sign with all the items farther back. So you have not one, but you have two signs that tell all the items that you have, whether it's bre- you know, breakfast or what you do after 1030, and have it there. So when the folks that are working there come out because there's such a long line and your car is eight cars back of where the actual sign is, where you would normally talk into the speaker, you can see then. Because there are some folks who go, well, I'm not sure of this. Do you still have – you put that other menu back there, you'll be fine. It'll help things go that much quicker. And I heard some from folks, and they agree with me. I don't know if they'll do it. Sunday ain't nobody listening to Chick-fil-A. But, <laughs> you know, why y'all shaking your heads? This is radio, man. Help me out here. Say because you are a restaurant manager in the making. Well, I'm just, well agree with me or tell me. But you can't, y'all can't sit there and just shake your well, head. Well, I, I told you yesterday that menu is probably on the app. But, but and, we're and, all lazy. And we don't look at our phones while Thank we drive, you. Sam. Yeah. No, but you See? won't be looking at it there because you're going to be in the parking lot with a bunch of folk in front of you. And you got a bunch of folks in your car screaming things at you, and you're not going to be able to pick up your phone because they don't want this one. Then they're changing. Oh, I want waffle fries with mine. So if they just put another menu about eight cars back or six cars back from where they are, that will help it speed up that much more. So I just, absolutely believe you that. You said you want waffle fries. You already know the menus. <laughs> hey, guys, real quick before we yeah, go to yeah. break. <laughs> um Quick shout-out to um, our listener out in Conyers named Mike. He said that George Jefferson actually stole that dance from Mr. James Brown himself, and that dance was called the flop. Whoa. Well, James did the crazy leg, too. I know that. Yeah. But the flop, okay. Appreciate Mike from Conyers. All right, Mike. Mike. Appreciate it. Still going to have the judge girl on that one, but we'll see. Moving in 9 o'clock hour. Uh, some things happened here in town having to do with college sports last week. We're going to go back and uh, talk about that. Also, Joe Patrick's going to join us, get us set for Atlanta United, LA Galaxy, and talk a little bit about the Braves. That's all coming up. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all、well、qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.